scripture reading this today comes from Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to be reading verses 1 and then 8 through 13 and then 30 through verse chapter 12 verse 2 now by faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see by faith Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance he obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things they things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. conversation about legacy today. That passage that we just read from in Hebrews 11 is oftentimes called the Hall of Fame of Faith because it just talks about person after person that we read about in the Bible uh, and people that we don't necessarily read about in the Bible who were martyred for their faith and so forth and how the world was not worthy of them and talks about the legacy of faith that those folks left behind for us. But just, you know, being, this being Mother's Day and all, I wanted to point out a couple of ladies that showed up in that passage. And uh, the, neither of them, when we look at them, are people that you would have automatically thought, wow, they should be in the list of the, you know, the Hall of Fame of Faith. Uh, but frankly, when you look at the guys on the list, they don't fare much better, <laughs> you know. But these two ladies, uh, it's, it's kind of remarkable. The first one was Sarah and she was such a surprising choice that our NIV translation that we just read out of decided that she wasn't worthy of that spot and took her out for some reason uh, I was scratching my head about that this week it's the first time I've really seen a translation like that just omit someone's name and substitute Abraham for it but in the Greek it says Sarah by faith conceived even though she was barren and uh, for whatever reason, I guess the NIV guys said, we don't think she had enough faith. <laughs> so, and when you read the story of Sarah, it doesn't sound like, you know, in the Old Testament, she doesn't have a lot of faith. And, and she kind of gets in trouble for doubting that God's going to do what he says. But she must have had some faith. And maybe her faith was restored to her in that moment where God said, hey, Sarah, I'm going to make this happen. Uh, Maybe it was just a reward for her faithfulness and following around with Abraham on all these wild errands that God was sending them on that they just had to trust by faith and go. But the author of Hebrews tells us that Sarah had faith. And because of that, she conceived and became a mother of a great nation that eventually gave birth to our Savior. Uh, the other lady in there, perhaps just as unlikely, was Rahab. And tells us that she was a prostitute. And probably most of you today, if you if you had said, you know, put together your list of the Hall of Famers of faith, probably wouldn't have said, well, put the prostitutes on there too, you know. Because we don't think of that in our religious mindset. You know, we don't, we don't think of the prostitutes as the, the women of faith, you know. But Rahab is mentioned here. And not only that, she appears in another pretty important list in Matthew, in the genealogy of Jesus. And genealogies don't have to include women, especially the Jewish ones back then. I mean, the, what counted was your male bloodline, you know. But they inserted her name. 
So that's pretty interesting. Uh, what I also find interesting about it, besides the fact that these two women, you know, when you look at them, they're not the people you necessarily would have first come to mind, and yet God says they had faith, and therefore they were rewarded for it, and they blessed other generations. The other thing that's remarkable about it is that they were women, and they're in this list. Because, frankly, we live in a very unique day and time and place where women are regarded as they are. Because in most of history, women were not treated as equals. They were not treated as having rights. They were not treated as having a voice. And that's just kind of how it was. Most people didn't, you know, know, if you were, uh, for instance, I mean, God's just always... You know, pushing the envelope on this when you read through the Bible. You know, and a lot of times people in our culture, they look at the Bible and conservative Christianity as, as things that are keeping women down. And yet when you look at Scripture and consider the culture into which it was written, God's always pushing the envelope and saying that women matter, women matter. And He puts them in lists like this and He chooses them to be the first receivers of the greatest news like our Savior is going to be born. Mary... And when Jesus resurrected, who was the first person to see him? And if that didn't happen like that, they would have never written it in there because women's testimonies, their accounts on things were not considered even trustworthy in court. That You wouldn't put a woman's testimony as the primary testimony that Jesus Christ rose from the dead unless that's how it happened. And God chose her to reveal that moment to Time and again, he values women. When you look at Jesus' ministry and the way he treated women that left his own disciples scratching their heads sometimes, God values them again and again. And if you think about this as well, when you look at the non-Christian nations in our world, the non-Christianized, the ones that haven't been influenced very much by Christianity, think of nations like China, like India, like the Middle East, and look at the way that they treat women. And that is more typical, that's more normal for when you look at the scope and the history of humanity than what you see in the Christianized nations where Christianity has had an influence. And so, you know, I kind of have to chuckle when people try to say that it's Christianity that's holding women down. I'm like, you know, if it wasn't for Christ and his message and and who he is and how he treated women and what God said throughout scripture, uh, we'd be in the same shape as some of those other nations. And so, uh, just to say to you ladies today that God values you and your life and the legacy that you leave and you make in this life and in this world. In my own life, uh, I look at my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother as people I've known in my life who've left their mark and their legacy on me. I've got a, a picture that hangs now in Hadley's room and it always hung in my room as long as I can remember from my grandmeaning, that's my great-grandmother. And she wrote a message on the back of it to me about uh, trusting in God to, to lead the way. And it's got you know a picture of a sailor and Jesus is pointing the way to him. And I've lived with that in my life. And those, that verse and that faith encouragement has been right there present with me through the years, even after she passed away. And now it's blessing Hadley, who never even knew her, But her legacy lives on. It's a living legacy. And I never knew my mom's mother. 
But does that mean that her legacy doesn't live on and hasn't been a blessing to me as well in ways that I can't even fathom? And I bet you too, uh, ladies who were either your mom or your grandmother or maybe they weren't even related to you, and maybe they didn't even have kids, but they treated you as their kid. And they left a legacy that's left a mark on your life as well. Is that true? We can all think of folks who do that. Let's give our mothers and our ladies a round of applause today and just celebrate them for what they've done. You know, I mentioned earlier that Mother's Day isn't just a happy day for everybody and for every, for every woman. And there's a lot of different emotions that come with it sometimes. If you or someone you know has a hard time on Mother's Day, uh, we found an article that we thought might be an encouragement. And we put that out at the table in the foyer back there. So on your way out today, if, if you or someone you know, you know struggles with Mother's Day, you might just pick that up, take it to them, and uh, maybe read it later today. And maybe it'll be some kind of encouragement to you as well.